Hey guys, welcome back. VDC Care here. We're back with Season 10, Episode 8 of our now back to weekly Q&A videos. For now. Fingers We're going to actually be interrupted a little bit in September. That So we'll see what we can do to, to sort of mitigate that. Yeah, well, I, I think we hopefully will still be able to do it weekly. And it is September now, so you mean later. Later this month, this month yeah, yeah, later this month. Uh, but yeah, so uh, links in the description to access this on a lot of major podcasting platforms if you're on YouTube, uh, which almost everybody is. And I guess if somehow you're on the podcast and you've never been on YouTube, which I think happened once with one person, maybe twice. Right. Uh, <laughs> so right. for like all two of you, uh, we're BDC Care Gaming on YouTube, right. Right. I guess. You guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so we, the, we wanted to start out, we often start out just sort of talking about whatever. And What's been happening? Like yeah. what just stuff that's going on? And Whether so, it's us or like the world. So we've been we've been watching some shows and playing some games. I've just been playing Persona 5, which is a big, long game yeah. that I'm enjoying but right. you know right i've talked about persona at length before and we just finished me for the second time you for the first time the Sec- bear the second season too yeah and so I, I the other thing that we like to do is try not to be too spoilery yeah but i think there's something that the show does that's in the second season that's kind of amazing yeah and let me try to explain it in a way that maybe that doesn't give it people, away it doesn't give it away but entice people to watch it so <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not unusual for a show to have you invested in it because it's got big stakes. Yeah. Like, you know, Game of Thrones was, it was their world. It was like kings and queens and, and life whatever. and death. The characters could death. die. Right, right. And then there's also shows that maybe touch on things that are common that people have all gone through. Yeah. That make it easier for you to connect so that you're still invested, even though it's not life and death stuff, but it's stuff that you maybe remembered at a time in your life when it yeah. felt like life and death. Yeah. So what Bear does that's amazing <clears throat> is... It takes situations to me that are completely alien to me. That you've never experienced. That I've never experienced. Yeah. But I I feel so invested in what's happening. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the last time I cried during a show at a sort of one of those um, moments where you know it's building up to it. Yeah. And you know what's going to happen. And it's also a moment that would have been skipped in almost any other show, even covering the same subject matter. Maybe I don't know if it is, but there was something that they did with the the editing and the directing yeah. that built it up perfectly without being overly dramatic. Like yeah. this is all right. So this is the other thing I like about the bear. It's it's dramatic without being melodramatic, mm-hmm. and you can feel the intensity of it mm-hmm. without having it be overdone yeah. or over telegraphed or over like. There's just it's quiet. The dialogue is... It's sometimes quiet and sometimes loud. Sure. But it's it's quiet in a way that it's not doing it, it just for show. It's not mm-hmm. splashy that way. Mm-hmm. A- again, I feel... I apologize if it seems like it's not too clear what I'm saying, but I want to just give you the, imp- the people who haven't watched it the impression of how good it is. Yeah, it's warm and it's thoughtful and it's chaotic and it can be a little stressful. When people are really giving uncut gems, it's... Yeah stars and giving its accolades i watched uncut gems and i just thought it was okay you know i thought it was interesting uh i didn't actually end up liking it that much i thought it was effective at doing it in some points in some points people are saying oh it's really stressful and i just didn't find myself caring that much right um and to me the bear does the uncut the thing everybody was saying uncut gems did so well Mm -hmm. uh and it does it consistently yeah and it's it's just such a good show. And season yeah. one is good, 
but right. not it's not incredible. Great. It's not great. Second season is great. First yeah. season is good. First first half of season one is slow, and maybe you're into it, maybe you're not. Who cares? Last half of season one I think is really good. Right. Uh, and then season two, season two is, is what pays off. Stellar. Season right, right. two is like better in every way. Right. So if you're willing to watch the first three episodes and you're you're at least interested enough to keep watching them, then I think season two will absolutely blow you away. I can't remember the last show or movie I watched that had such good spot on dialogue. Mm. Doesn't even have to be like it doesn't even have to be something that I know. But when you meet somebody who has expertise in a certain area, yeah, they can give you that impression without having to fake it. Mm-hmm. And when I say fake it, I mean people have to throw in a lot of like to throw in a lot of technical terms and techno babble and jargon and to stuff. To say stuff that you can't evaluate. Right. Where you just have to kind of take them at their word because you don't have the tools but, to sort of dissect it yourself. Sure. And I don't even know if it's accurate, but there when when it's done right, there's an authenticity to it. Mm-hmm. And there's a rhythm to it. The dialogue is sharp without being over smart mm-hmm. it is it feels real and there's something about a good writer who can give you that feeling yeah. that it's real without you having to have had the experience to know that it's real i think one thing that the show does really well is it writes the characters in a dynamic way where uh, they almost code switch where you can see them be different in different environments and they talk to people in slightly different ways and people have sort of like um, sayings or sort of inside understandings with other characters that aren't like signposted to like us as a watcher and so stuff. I, I and know they what... do a lot of stuff like that that makes it feel like these are people interacting with each other and we are seeing a slice of their life right. instead of us seeing all of their life. Now, just to make sure that people are with us and can follow the conversation, I want you, I know what you mean. I want you to explain what code switching is. So code switching is basically the idea that people have different sort of modes of speaking and acting and behavior with different people. And so it's like a relatively subtle thing. It's not like faking. Right, right. It's uh, but it is like having different sort of personalities a little bit, and you have everybody rhythms with people. Yeah. And so I think the show does a really good job of having characters be internally consistent, but also have that sort of they breadth have group, of rhythms. Right. So they have grip, groups of people that they have different kinds of levels of comfort with. Yeah, and so that they can let themselves be a certain way with them. It's not that they're different people. Yeah, it's just that they can let this part of them loose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I think when you see the show and see the way that people spend time with each other, it feels so real. And it doesn't feel, it feels like there's a lot of stuff happening, but not all right. of it is like like capital P plot, where there are things happening, and whether it's important or not later, you care about it in the moment because you care about these people. Right. So it manages to make stuff where you go, I don't know if this is important to anything else that we're watching. I don't know if this right. is going to be important later. I don't know if this has anything to do with anything, or if we're just spending a minute because this is a thing right. that people are doing right now, right. right, as they've been written in the show. Right. But they do a really, really good job of just making it feel yeah. filled out. So when I was watching it, and... It was, we were having this conversation about it, right? Like the, this yeah. part of it. It's like the opposite of Chekhov's gun. Yeah. So Chekhov had the idea that if there's a gun on the, I, th- I hope I get this right. If yeah. there's a gun on the mantelpiece in act one, yeah. you know, it's going to be used in act three. Mm-hmm. And this is like the opposite. Yeah. This is really slice of life, but they've been able to take something that's probably normal every day for a lot of people and make it really interesting. Yeah. And they have such whoever did this the actors do a great job the writers did a great job of pulling you in Mm -hmm. 
like this is why it's amazing to me, right? So there's lots of coming of age stories, for example, right? Yeah. And there's enough commonality of, you know, most people either are coming of age, have come of age, or are anticipating it. This is like a yeah. big stage in their life. So yeah. it it's easy not I oh, I shouldn't say it's easy. It's easier yeah. to write something about a, a you know, do a coming of yeah. age sorry, coming of life, coming of age story yeah. that has something already there that makes it easier for you to pull people in. Yeah. But a lot of people don't have any uh, working at restaurant phases of their life. And even less people have owning restaurant or operating, managing a restaurant phases of their life. Right. And so, yeah, the, the, the show really brings you deep into sort of these characters in a really, really incredibly executed okay. way. And the, the, the beauty of the anti-Chekhov gun style of, of plotting is that there's these little moments where you yeah. get to think, oh, wait, I just realized... And you make these connections, mm -hmm. and it's just neat. Like, there's just so many layers of this thing to enjoy. Yeah. And it, I think you got it perfectly, right? Like, the 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 first half of Bear didn't feel like it distinguished itself. It really, there's something that sort of turned just a little bit towards the yeah. end of season one. And then season two was, oh my God. Bombastic, like explosively good. Yeah. It's so confident in itself, too. I yeah. think it makes a lot of choices that you kind of need to trust yourself and your actors and everybody to make. Right. In the same way that, like, I think um, Better Call Saul does an exceptional job trusting their actors with silences oh. and, and body language. Bob Odenkirk is in it, too. Well, that's almost a spoiler. But no, yeah, but it's not. Up, no, he shows up just casting. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. Um, but so in the same way that, like, Better Call Saul was incredibly confident in their actors' ability yeah. to play really subtle emotional beats and everything else like that i saw a tweet once which was like um i accidentally paused my uh streaming uh once in an episode of better call saul uh on a shot of uh saul sitting in a chair mm -hmm. uh, and i watched it for like five minutes and i was hey, like wow this is a really this is a really interesting directorial choice yeah um just because it's, okay. that's kind of show. And I think the bear does a similar thing, but in a very different direction. There's a lot of sort of like, especially in its chaotic moments, it really right. trusts people a lot to okay. convey a lot in a, the scenes that can be so, have so much like chatter and so much stuff being yeah. thrown at yeah. you that it can almost be hard to sort of focus okay. and, and take it all in. Funny you mentioned that about the pauses, because I think one of the things, my f absolutely favorite movie, yeah. um, Almost Famous. Yeah. And there's a moment where um, William, mm -hmm. the stand-in character for Cameron Crowe, is talking to uh, Lester Bangs, played by F Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm -hmm. And I think they've said goodbye to each other. And they're waiting at the intersection for light to change because yeah. they're still they're heading in the same direction <laughs> after they, yeah. they've had this big goodbye. And... They, uh, I think in the commentary he even says, you know, they wanted to cut the short or something yeah. and so make it not as awkward. But I think that works really well because you're just standing there. Yeah. This is like the perfect awkward moment, but it doesn't mm -hmm. work until you actually feel a little bit uncomfortable. As uh, the audience. Yeah, that yeah. they're just standing there not doing anything because this yeah. is, it happens all the time, yeah. right? You say goodbye and then, I don't know, you're walking along the same way to, I don't know, the bus or the yeah. car or whatever. Yeah, those are, those are good when you mm -hmm. use it right. Yeah. But anyways, the bear is really, really good. Uh, it can be a little heavy. Uh, you kind of know pretty early in whether or not like the themes and everything is going to be too much for you or not. Yeah. Um, but, and I know a million people have, have watched it, right? It, it really had its moment. Like, uh, I, it's not maybe a new recommendation to a lot of people, but I don't know. But if, now it's on Disney, so it's probably... It's on Hulu and Disney Plus. Yeah. So it's... 
suddenly got a little bit more more accessible. But anyways, Uh if you haven't, consider watching The Bear. Strong recommendation, yeah. Yeah, like, just, it's it's hard to overstate how good the second season is. Well, I I guess the the danger is that we hype it up so much that people are going to be disappointed expecting so much more. But I do really love, as a a character-driven show, Mm -hmm. I absolutely love this. If you like shows like The Bear, you will like The Bear. It is like a standout in... Is genre and it might not be for you because that type of show might not be for you right but i think if the type of thing the bear is trying to do is something that's interesting to you you will like the bear Mm -hmm. yeah um anyways our our first comment this week comes from cameron 1072 uh and they say a little late to this one one i don't have a preference for how you guys cover the rest of the challenge characters but i would have uh like to have heard your thoughts about the ones missing from the challenge cycle as well and maybe even the store goals but obviously i know that might be difficult to fit into your schedule two i definitely strongly agree that suicide squad joker unhinged is the worst gold if not the worst card overall in the game but i recently saw on the wiki that he actually works for suicide squad harley quinn's passive exactly the same as the regular suicide squad joker does and the assist koing an enemy doesn't trigger his passive so i guess that's one niche way you can make use of him but admittedly suicide squad joker is still better for this role right because suicide squad joker also has the extra benefit of um i think is it decreasing damage taken by his Mm. teammates or increasing damage given yeah one of the two i think yeah or both i don't know um but that's not a bad point i mean if you can find one specific circumstance Mm -hmm. where he is useful and not like worse than dead weight yeah because he is taking up a slot if all he does is power up her special two that's it yeah it doesn't do anything that's true one out of four options of her special two that's a good point yeah so i i don't know i guess it's it's definitely something i hadn't thought of i i appreciate that um and i think it's a good point too about fitting your schedule so the reason why it worked to go over all these challenge characters as they're going was it became part of the weekly recap yeah and it was also easy there was no decision process involved right you knew who it was it was like this week is this right so it was useful because it it satisfied two things it worked as background video for the weekly recap because that was the character for the week and it was just something we could roll into it if we do our q a's like when we weren't doing q a's every once in a while i could do sort of a a highlight of a team and that might work in another circumstance but we've got there's 23 characters that have been missing there's also three characters that we missed in the first pass through since november i think it's going to be difficult and then it becomes a matter of i see it's a bunch of extra stuff yeah because not just the video it's the extra play because i I don't know that i can have an opinion about a character until i spent a decent amount of time yeah playing with them which is to me like a full week of using them when they're the challenge character yeah because it's too easy to write people off early before you've actually met them at their level kind of right i don't know that i would have appreciated godfall superman the same way differently yeah as more than just somebody with an interesting passive Mm -hmm. without having forced myself to play and it's interesting because the only character i think that i liked less after playing like a lot of characters i have a high opinion of them a low opinion of them they just are where they are but i don't know that i've had somebody I didn't like and disliked even more after playing with them. Yeah. And that was, uh, what's his face? Um, Martian Manhunter. Mm-hmm. That was weird. Yeah. 
Um, so we, I think we can try. I don't know what, what that's going to look like, though. Yeah, but we'll do our best. I mean, it, it's if we're going to make an effort to do what specific commenters want us to do, it's going to be commenters like Cameron1072 uh, or our patrons or somebody who we know is sort of invested in us. It makes it a lot easier to sort of give that energy back, right? Right. Um, when we know it's somebody who, like, watches us, engages right. with us, who, right. who feels like a known quantity to us instead of just, like, some stranger popping it in and saying, right. do this. So I want to know, like, I feel like these names are close enough that they might be the same person as alt accounts. The next two questions yeah. after this. So I just thought it just occurred to me as I'm looking at the the Oh, yeah. Because it's uh, K31Wiz. Uh, which is Mark, and they say, I'm not sure what is up with YouTube, but I'm rewriting this comment for a third time because it is not shown under the video for some reason. I even did my other uh, comment from a different account, and it shows. And so I think that's referencing the second comment mm -hmm. uh, that we're about to read. But it says, uh, I'll try to remember what I said and do it again. Firstly, yes, uh, if you guessed, you guessed right. I'm from Russia, and I speak Russian, which feels weird to admit with, quote, the current situation. Secondly, on the development and characters point, I do not fully agree with you as Injustice has three scorpions, same way as each Mortal Kombat has many collab characters from different superhero or other media. I do not think it is because there are certain developers in their team that are knowledgeable about Spawn, for example. They probably have to do their own research the same way actors prepare for their superhero movie roles. Not all superhero actors were fans of their respective characters, but that is only my opinion slash view on that point. I absolutely agree with the hacker's argument to the point that I could not have said it better, which is not a common thing I can tell myself. I'm quite surprised you haven't heard of uh igau podcast 1754 before unless you're not interested in this kind of stuff but i learned a lot from them and use some things as an inspiration for what i wanted to do i hope i didn't leave out any of the things i originally had in the comment as i have to recreate the thought process now anyways thanks a lot for your answer do we want to talk about this one first as a natural segment segue like or segmenting point between the two comments um or do you want me to go through both and then maybe we'll... maybe go through both i guess okay so the next one comes from kiwiz 31 uh and they say also wanted to ask a little other thing so k real you probably heard of him and i look at his way of playing many times to learn he uses totem and scimitar on his special two specialists as a way of getting two bars of power and most of the time has astro harness as the third gear you use the setup with the master's death cart and power generating gear I don't have any of the power generating gears on the account I'm playing on now, neither do I have Astro Harness, but Scimitar I do have. So what is your opinion on that, why you use your special two characters the way you do, and what positive slash negatives you can see in those different setups? Okay. I want to answer the non-injustice thing, or not even, it's not even a question, I want to address it. So I think it's interesting- Oh, the current situation Russia. thing? Yeah. Yeah, I think what we it's easy to lose sight of sometimes that when- you know, 51% of the people choose something, or even in the cases where there's not a democracy yeah, and a country's leaders are, I don't know, like whatever other process, are they yeah. royalty? Do they, are they born into it? Are they yeah. um, doing it based on military strength? Mm -hmm. Whatever. That there, we ascribe a lot of a country's, the government's attitude yeah. to their citizens. And mm -hmm. that's not true at all. Yeah. Th this is also the thing that really jumped out to me too. Cause it's, I think that's, it's first off, I am totally, I think being Russian in the same way as being any other culture is a totally value neutral thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not good. It's not bad. I don't think anybody coming from a specific culture is like good or bad. Right. And I really, really don't think that an individual has a responsibility for uh systemic stuff 
that their politicians are doing. I think, you know, we all kind of, where we can, should yeah. try to help make the world we want to see. Right. And so I think that gives you, like, some, like, minor responsibility in whatever system you're in to try to do right. whatever you think is good and right. Right. Uh, but that, like, responsibility is not, like, being judged for, like, the decisions that the people in power make. Because I think in a huge number of systems, whether it's, like, your workplace, your, like, country, right. right, whatever, there's usually people in power making decisions that you probably wouldn't make and wouldn't like. And in a lot of cases, there are multiple sort of victims of that system. Right. And it is right. the people that external to it that are being hurt. And there's also people within it who are often being um you know impacted in in right significant ways and so i think you know being russian i think you are also negatively impacted by sort of the political systems around you right maybe right. not as much as some people but certainly you know it's not a contest right 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 yeah and if we go bit by bit it's interesting the point about injustice having three scorpions yeah part of me thinks that i mean at one point these were more valuable to yeah. nether realm and dc and whoever and I think, it, to me, if anything, that lends itself to the opposite, that people actually with expertise were doing it and that they were collaborating on these teams. So that because... I disagree. Somebody, I'm, I'm, I agree with Mark here. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, so yeah. we, can, we can all disagree. But to me, this is one of those things where it's a, a non-testable hypothesis. Yeah. And I think um, that now that there's just fewer people working on it, you almost have to have it because the time that you can put into doing stuff, like to me, it's like the the hidden time that we put into making these videos. There's a certain amount of time, not a lot, that is mm -hmm. there in crafting it, but it's a preparation that's actually bigger. And so in my mind, there's th that preparation doesn't pay off, doesn't pay for itself when you've got a game that has even less man hours that it seems like there's less man hours being put into doing the regular maintenance, never mind adding new content that would require at least some specialized knowledge. I think somewhere, somewhere, someone somewhere has the knowledge if they're working on it, but I don't think that necessarily they started with it or they were brought on for that. And so I think what Mark is saying is that people are brought on for their sort of talents and then they, they learn what they need to for it. And that yeah. is, uh, you know, like the the character stuff i think i'm totally in agreement with what mark is saying here yeah yeah um and then yeah the uh podcast i think is interesting and then also talking about k real so you and me you engage a little bit more with injustice community stuff than i do i engage almost zero right uh and so the thing is that like you're on like the reddit right Right. Or is there so, any other spaces that you really not anymore? Spend time in? It used to be um, Game Facts. We we both used to be on Game Facts. Yeah, I think the 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 issue to me is how I consume media. Yeah. Uh, the stuff I enjoy watching shows. I don't have a lot of time for podcasts, mainly yeah. because of the speed that it happens and how I have to carve out time for it because otherwise I will lose track of what's being said. Yeah. And it's not meaningful mm -hmm. anymore. I lose the train of thought. Yeah. Uh, we, we've joked, or I've definitely joked a bunch of times that I would not be watching our videos, right? Right. Uh, if I wasn't making them, I wouldn't be present for the content. Right. Uh, and that extends to sort of other Injustice videos where it's not that I don't like the game, right? Obviously, we, right. we care a lot about the game, but we're not sort of as deep in the community element of it, uh, where I have 
you know, limited time. And it's just not something that I've chosen to spend my time on. So it's, it's interesting. And I, I appreciate it. You know, it's not that I hear about other people and I'm like, you know, I don't care about them or, you know, I'm ignoring them. Obviously we've engaged some with the community over time, but it's really been, I think sort of, there's one of two things, right? You can either care like so much about injustice that you really want to get into all the community aspects and sort of have your roots all the way out uh, and see everything. And then as like injustice YouTubers, I guess maybe there might be some extra expectation for us either because we're making content, we care more or because we're making content. So we should know what sort of the content landscape for it is. Right. uh, That would make people think that we would be more likely to be involved in on top of stuff. But, you know, if that's with that line of thinking, the reason why I'd be doing it would almost be for like research. It would almost be out of like a sense of felt obligation. Yeah. And we are not getting enough out of it that we have any sort of sense of obligation to like staying abreast of like the trends. Right. Right. The only real thing I feel any sense of obligation to is like the people who our patrons or the people who are like regular commenters and who like engage with us and who like put energy into us directly, like mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. it, uh, from my, my personal point of view is that I actually, I wouldn't watch our v- videos because I'm more interested in discovering stuff for myself mm. every once in a while. Like there's a lot of stuff that you can figure out for yourself. And every once in a while, there's stuff that's just a little bit ineffable. Yeah. And then I appreciate when somebody comes up like, um, it was, I, I always screwed us. I think it was MTGY245 or... It, You're talking about the research versions. paper on how online multiplayer battle... Yeah. So those are the, the higher level kind of questions that I really appreciate. Yeah. Uh, when it takes a, a, a decent amount of... It doesn't take... It's not just insight, but it's insight and scholarship yeah. and work. So the everyday kind of stuff that people want to talk about mm-hmm. is not as interesting to me because a lot of it... I figured it out myself. Never mind figured it out myself. Some of it we've established yeah. at the beginning because we've been around for so long. So it feels like a lot of stuff has come around again and again. It's when there's something really sort of singular that's important, yeah. that's interesting, that that I can appreciate. So I don't have I don't have the patience or the time to sift through the volume of in potential information. Yeah, that it would take to actually pick up the the one or two things that would be good. So yeah, I probably, I don't. Um, I, I'm definitely not a, usually a podcast kind of guy. Over every once in a while, I'll get on a kick when I'm driving into work, and I'm yeah. able to listen to it. But the problem is, I'm thinking about work stuff mm-hmm. when I'm driving to work. I'm thinking about home stuff when I'm driving home, and then sometimes I can tune it out. And I'm driving, and it just that kind of rhythm of driving. Sometimes I'll just lose a train of thought. And podcasts are hard to rewind, like yeah, the little bit to find the moment because there's not a visual cue you only have to you're listening to audio yeah i like podcasts that i don't mind zoning out a little bit for that it's okay to be like 10 percent tuned out yeah uh and i like games that give you enough of your focus that let you listen to podcasts at the same time and i think our podcast is probably one that's okay if you tune out for a little bit and then tune back in i think it's uncommon maybe you don't know how we got exactly where we are but it's uncommon that you'd be totally lost and floundering uh if you tuned out just a little bit unless it was like sort of our topic or thesis like if you missed the part that we were talking about a show called the bear 
uh, at the start, you might have trouble. But right. if you knew that we were talking about a show, you know, you tune in at any point, and I think you kind of are all right after yeah. maybe 30 seconds. And speaking of the mirror, now it just occurs to me now, it probably makes sense to see if I can find it on physical media. Because every once in a while, if you, it, I, things I, go away, things go away. And it, it what's weird to me is that you, you see these announcements that Disney is scaling back how much they're putting into their streaming service. Yeah. They're cutting back on what they're spending on generating content. Yeah. And Netflix is a prime example of where they've got Netflix exclusive shows yeah. that they take off their streaming service. Yeah. It's for tax purposes. Whatever the purpose is, it strikes well, strikes me that it's not something that I would have without having it happen it yeah. did not occur to me that would happen yeah and that i would lose access mm-hmm. to some of the things that i like watching yeah it's uh do you want like the cliff notes on why sure they do it? sure so i'm not a primary source obviously but my understanding is that for entertainment companies specifically um the produced content is considered an asset with value mm-hmm. uh and so it's basically there's a formula and a way of having those assets depreciate over time oh, as they age, okay. depending on views right. and other things like that. Right. And so by taking it off your service all in one go, you are essentially saying, this has failed, uh, write it off, asset right. value is zero. And so you can't declare that asset value of zero and stop paying you know, taxes or not if get the tax streaming. right off or whatever if it's still streaming. Right. Yeah. And so with a lot of these streaming companies, once you've put the money into it, if it's not that successful, if it's not generating you any value, uh, separate from whether this is a thing that makes sense or a thing you should do from a business perspective in the long term um, of like customer confidence or whatever else, in the short term, there are tax ramifications of being able to say this thing that I put like $200 million into or whatever, I'm writing off a billion dollars. So the value of held assets go for all the shows that you're canceling are going down by a huge amount and it gives you tax benefits. So is that you can write off against something that's giving you value now. But so what's interesting to me then is does that mean they can't bring it back? Because if they bring it back, then does it suddenly have more value again? Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure about that. I think, um, you know, potentially you might be able to sell the rights to someone else still and then just say, oh, this is the value of the asset, right? Instead of, the, the, I'm sure there's stuff, right, that we don't understand. Uh, that that's a definitely like an answerable question, but we just right. don't have the resources to answer. We just don't know. Yeah. So that's why in some cases it makes sense from a business perspective. And that's also why uh, somebody who is running it like as a business and really who's super concerned with efficiency might be a little more cut happy. Right. Right. If somebody's coming in and they don't really care about the art at all, they don't really care about the product at all. And they're just interested in sort of the balance sheet. But uh, it, Sometimes it's hard to measure though, right? Oh, yeah. Like, cause, because Netflix doesn't have ads, so you can't say this is how much it's generated literally because of the number yeah. of people watched it. Then it's got to be how much did this drive our subscription or subscribers? Yeah. But uh, I think Netflix and like a lot of these companies, especially like the streaming, because they're tech companies, have like a huge amount of like data, right? right? And right. so I'm sure that at the very least, these decisions are data driven and driven on like a level of detail that like we don't understand that we can't even process. So there's, Mm -hmm. I'm sure they have like teams of like analysts dedicated to just that for their size. Anyways. Yeah. So I just thought that was a little interesting. Right. And obviously I'm not a primary source and I I very well might also be just wrong because that's something that I heard that somebody else told me that I didn't then go verify. It just sounded right. uh, right. It made a lot of sense to me based off of everything I understand. And 
uh, especially because I, I'm usually a little bit more sort of cautious when something totally confirms my beliefs. Right. Uh, where they say they're doing it because they suck and they're dicks and um, <laughs> they smell bad. Right. And I go, yeah, I don't like these people taking away the stuff that I like. It probably is just because they suck and they're not very smart. And they smell bad. Um, but th- so this was an explanation that both made intuitive sense to me, but also was consistent um, with how you felt about things. It wasn't consistent with how I felt. Right. Oh, it made was... it logical. It helped me understand somebody right. doing something I don't like. And it helped me understand why somebody might make that choice yeah. Yeah. Um, in a in a frame that seemed rational to them and actually seemed like the right decision right because to me it seems like the wrong decision it seems bad and stinky right and so somebody was like this is why they're bad and stinky but this person was like this is why they might not actually suck this is why they think they're in the right and i go oh okay so i'm i'm a little less sort of intrinsically skeptical because it doesn't exactly align with my viewpoints it helps other things make more sense but it's not sort of just confirming my biases right because i could just say this guy wasn't in media so he's a jerk and he doesn't know what he's doing you know mm. here's a way it's like oh this actually does require some yeah. knowledge of sort of tax ramifications and bookkeeping in right. media specifically right and maybe he does know what he's doing and he just has a different goal than the people benefiting from the platform okay so but whatever i need disney to do a third season of bear i don't think it's disney who's doing it or whoever is going to fund it i mean it was fx i think the, yeah, the credits is, are always on FX. fx yeah so whoever it is please I need another season of Bear. Pay the writers what they're worth. Get going on production. That I is a that show scene. that would be nothing without its writers, for sure. I think the best shows are are predicated on having great writing. Yeah. And that's why I think some of the best shows that I've seen often are drawn from other media where you get to pick the cream of the crop. And yeah. I'll give you three perfect examples. Okay. All from Greg Rucka. Greg Rucka is a comic book writer. Yeah. Stumptown, yeah, Old Guard, mm-hmm. and to a lesser degree, Heart of Stone. So I was willing mm-hmm. to give Heart of Stone. I heard nothing about it. There were some stars in it. It was very enjoyable. It was a lot of fun. I mm-hmm. appreciated it. Um, and the only reason I watched it was because of Greg Rucka, and it was based on mm-hmm. another one of his comic books. Okay. But Stumptown was great. Old Guard. Have you seen Old Guard? No, I have not seen any of the things oh, that you've gosh. talked about. Anyways, uh, I think this is our our sort of time yep. we're, we're going for about 30 minutes and we've, we've given you a little, a little extra. Yes. Uh, but so we, to finish up, we'd like to, to say some, some stuff to some folks. I'd like to give a shout out to Eliza chef. Caton. This isn't related to anything. It just, we talked so much about the bear. It's been in my head. Um, so, so there we go. And we'd also like to give a huge thank you to all of our lovely supporters on Patreon. And that would be Alexis M supporting us on the, your message here tier. Michael DeVries, Irvin Ruiz, and Hoshi127, who are supporting us on the credited level, and a lot of other people whose names you're seeing on the screen, who have, at some point during this pandemic, supported us directly through Patreon, for which we are still grateful. Yeah, so there we go. Thank you so much for your support. Thanks so much to all of you for watching. We'll see you next time. Komoda. Komoda.